This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of May 16th, 2020. Rich whiskey drinkers are hacked and not into pieces. Scottish Whiskey Festival canceled. People drink indoors instead. Trogues has picked up a new quarantine skill. And people are still drinking hard seltzers, like a lot of them. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. And I'm Justin Frazier. And that's it. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and get in. Kids. <laughs> yeah. Buckle up, buckaroos. We're going straight into the news. That's, let's not make that a catchphrase, please. Uh, anyway, CyberTech uh, cyber targets sale of world's most expensive whiskey. Uh, coming from Forbes. Uh, the perfect collection uh, auction by Whiskey Auctioneer is one of the most widely documented whiskey auctions of the year, and the second half of the collection went online last week and expected to end on April 20th. While it was underway, a sophisticated cyber, ha- cyber attack was launched on the site, uh, shutting it down and postponing the auction indefinitely. What does it mean for whiskey fans and auction participants? They have to spend their money elsewhere, I'm assuming, but... Uh, back to the article, according to the website, which cannot be accessed at the moment, at approximately uh, two uh, time is twenty two. Uh, ten o'clock. Ten thirty UK time. Uh, I feel like I'm wrong on that one. Probably. Uh, no, wait, no, no. no. Ten, yeah, ten, 10, 10, 10. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're good. We're, everything's yeah. fine here. <laughs> we're on. We're, don't give me military time. Is all I'm saying. I, I, I would show up way early or way late to anything in the military. Uh, Whiskey Auctioneer experienced a uh, targeted, technologically sophisticated, sustained malicious attack on their website and databases. I I don't know. I, how, how sophisticated? Were they just DDoSed? I, I imagine their servers are not set up to handle, like... Because you wouldn't think that yeah. <laughs> crazy attacks would happen. Uh... Uh, the team proceeded to contact all the clients involved and uh, advise them on the next steps to take to keep clients safe. The investigation continues with the website offline. The Perfect Collection Part 2, Electric Boogaloo, was postponed until further notice. <laughs> Find out which part of that I put in. Uh Meant to end on April 20th, the auction was extended as the team mentioned the problem had surfaced due to excessive loads on the servers. I, I knew it. <laughs> it's <sighs> it's <was> like, and <sighs> mic drop. I'm just going to mm-hmm. walk away right now. I, I, who could have done this? Anyone. Anyone could have done it. Yeah. With like 30 minutes of research, I bet you I could do it. And I could barely turn my computer on. Okay, fine. I can barely turn my computer off. <laughs> According to the auctioneer's social media, uh, the following day, the cyber attacks were as identified. However, it is unknown whether the occurrences were separate. Uh, 
last year, a single bottle, bottle of McKellen uh, 1926 sold at Sotheby's for almost $2 million US, breaking the most, uh, breaking the previous record uh, that had been ever sold. One of these bottles was included in the Perfect Collection Part 2, Electric Boogaloo, and would be the first to sell since the Sotheby record. The entire industry was waiting to see if the record would be broken once more or whether the bottle price would plummet. This was potentially the best time for a cyber attack to come. Hmm. Odds are some of the world's biggest whiskey buyers were bidding and waiting for a chance to get their hands in the deemed holy grail of whiskey. Uh, sure, sure. Instead, they came to the site and asked, what is your name? What is your favorite color? What is the airspeed velocity of an unladed whiskey? Wait. I was wondering how far you were going <laughs> to... Uh, you know, usually Chris is here to kind of laugh and let me know I should stop. I but... know. I'm... No, you're fine. I, is... I, it's, I have no chain. Hmm. But, yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, they say there is no evidence that a bank or credit card details have been compromised at this stage. We've reported the incident to, to police Scotland. Uh, Action Fraud, the National Fraud and Cyber Crime Reporting Center, and the Information uh, Information Commissioner's Office. Information Commissioner. That's a great title. Right? <laughs> it's a much better title than Action Fraud, the National Fraud and Cyber Crime Reporting Center. That sounds like a PBS show watched yeah. a lot of those recently i'm just saying <laughs> pbs kids subscription yeah action fraud followed by clifford the big red dog yeah <laughs> that's not too far off <laughs> uh anyway the uh they say their team is working extremely hard to minimize the impact on our valued customers and to get the website back up and running uh, and that they will keep customers informed throughout the process and apologize wholeheartedly for any inconvenience caused as a result of the situation. Hmm. All right. Well, it seems a weird thing to target. Like, it is, but like, I don't, it, it kind of goes with like the, during these uh, odd times of, of, of the pandemic, it's like, yeah. Weird stuff is happening all the time. I'm just kind of like, people yeah, are, I guess. People are stuck inside. They're bored. They need things to do. They don't like. They don't. They don't even know right now. Like they're just like, you yeah, know, whatever. <laughs> you know what they could be doing? They could be drinking Scotch whiskey indoors, and in a in a virtual festival format as well. Mm. Uh, so as the whiskey world continues to adapt to the challenges of the COVID nineteen pandemic. Yet another event is going virtual after in-person festivities were canceled. The Isla Festival, the annual celebration of music and single malt, announced it via its website on March 18th that the 2020 festival scheduled for May 23rd to the 30th would be canceled due to Scottish government's guidelines during the pandemic. We're going to take a swing at that, uh, that Gaelic there? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that going well at all. I can say Isla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yet the island's distilleries, which prepare the, for the festival all year, couldn't let the week go by without some kind of event, and several are bringing the celebration online, reaching many more whiskey fans in the process. The festival typically works with each of the island's nine distilleries opening its doors on a different day. Uh, Ardbeg always concludes the week. Since it can't physically open its doors on May 30th, the distillery will now present the Ardbeg Black Whiskey Trials on its Facebook page. 
Black. Yeah, I was like, there are three A's in that word. <laughs> I, uh, I just assume there's a sheep somewhere involved. It's what, well, you has know, to be for, right. Scotland. For Baba Black Whiskey. Wait. <laughs> have you any peat? <laughs> there's a lot of different things you can do there. Uh, the two hour program will feature tastings, games, and entertainment, all accessible to anyone around the world. Oh. So we're looking forward to that. This by the time the show comes out, you still have this to look forward to. Just mark it on your calendars, kids. Uh, this event comes just days before the official release of Black, which we're going to say that now. Uh, Ardbeg's newest limited edition single malt, which is always launched at the Isla Festival. Every <laughs> every Isla distillery offers a special bottling during the festival with eager fans lining up to buy the releases or to buy and the releases selling out quickly. This year... It is, it is the Pinot Noir cask finished whiskey Ooh. and it is $140. Sounds pretty good, though. <laughs> like, not going to lie, that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, like a PD... Yeah, okay. No, I'm on board. It's fine. Uh, this year, of course, uh, even folks who aren't planning to trek to the island may be able to get their hands on a festival bottling as distilleries including... Oh, God. Uh And Kilkomon... I have no idea. You guys I don't know, but I was real close to saying Kinkoman. <laughs> Kinkoman, the soy sauce maker. Uh, anyway, we'll they're, be making they're, they're busy. available. I said Kinkoman is busy making uh, uh, Dark Lord. Right, right. That's, yeah. Uh, the Isla Festival isn't the only Scottish whiskey event going online this year. Glen Scotia is bringing a taste of the Campbelltown Malts Festival, which was originally scheduled for May 19th to the 21st, but was also canceled, of course, due to COVID-19. Wait, uh, wait. Online via its website, but wait, was is Nova Scotia supposed to be New Scotland? Is that have I just now realized this? One more reason to move. Or... Okay, sorry, I just <laughs> suddenly realized where names from things came from, or possibly I didn't. I didn't do any research. It's just suddenly website and label. Um, but yeah, so uh, the programming for this distillery will start on May 18th, featuring uh, distillery tours, a walking tour of Campbelltown, and multiple guided tastings. It's never been easier to experience Isla and Campbelltown, so pour yourself a dram and enjoy these virtual events from the comfort of your own home. Um, and of course, uh, this is from... Uh, this is from the whiskey advocate. Whiskey advocate, yeah. Sorry, because uh, they said that they are going to continuously be updating um, as far as details from other distilleries. So, um, yeah, it's uh, we of course we've already missed the Glen Scotia one, which sucks. But uh, yeah, you can keep an eye out for the um, the big one, the the big Isla Festival stuff. So, mm-hmm. which yeah, and since it's supposed to go over a few days anyway, it's like all right, you'll just stop on by on this day. Yeah. And they're not stopped by, but, you know, log yeah. in. Yeah, the, the Ardbeg one would be one to pay attention to, I guess. Yeah, if you can willing to shell out a... Yeah, it says... Oh, it's got the information down there. Ardbeg Black is available to members of the Ardbeg Committee. A limited edition 46% ABV version will be available in the U.S. for $140 starting June 1st. So you won't be able to have that basically like all right well now you've seen what it's going to be like yeah i mean it still sounds great i mean i don't 
it probably is $140 great. It's just that I don't happen to have $140 that I could spend on scotch, but yeah. <laughs> what about cheese? And you're willing to spend lot, but <laughs> really spend 100 and $140 on cheese. I mean, if I were drunk enough, probably. What if you were at Trogues <laughs> getting I mean, getting potentially. So drunk. <laughs> I don't know how much their cheese is, but they have cheese now. Following <laughs> last year's success of Troganator Beer Cheese, the giant company, uh Campo Caputo Brothers, uh Creamery of Spring Grove, Pennsylvania and Trogues Independent Brewing are once again teaming up to bring beer and cheese lovers alike to their uh, latest creation, Perpetual Beer Cheese. It's like the everlasting gobstopper, just, just with cheese and never poop again. Now, uniquely, <laughs> uniquely, all of the milk used to make Perpetual Beer Cheese comes from Pennsylvania dairy farms. Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has compounded problems for dairy farmers in Pennsylvania. One of the important parts of the Commonwealth's agricultural economy. Dairy farming supports 52,000 jobs and generates $14.7 billion a year. However, challenging, the market, uh, challenging market conditions have created a serious threat to the livelihood of many dairy market farmers. According to the United States Department of Agricultural, Pennsylvania lost 370 dairy farms in 2018. Now, with schools and restaurants closed statewide, demand is down, and many farmers have been forced to dump excess milk. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, really. Because now that's I a, want cereal. That's a different kind of problem you just don't think about, you know? They couldn't have, like... How, how, much, how much excess uh, cereal was Kellogg having to get rid of? You could have just... Dumped them all together in one giant bowl, made the world's largest cereal. That would have been soggy in under 30 seconds. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but yeah, I was gonna say you get the people out, they can't go out. They can't yeah, get within none of that. Never mind. Happen. All right, fine, fine. We'll not let people die to yeah. you know, respiratory illness. Well, uh, we've got a quote here saying, "In a time uh, where a lot of us are feeling helpless, we've asked ourselves, what can we do to make a difference?'" This is from Ryan Caputo, president of Caputo Brothers Creamery. The partnership with Giant and Trogues has already helped keep two dairy farms running, and as it grows, we'll have the potential to save even more farms. This is our opportunity to make a small but important difference in the world to keep more Pennsylvania farms sustainably operating. If enough people focus on one thing, they can make this solution better, situation better, and we can. Uh, Come back even stronger. Sweet and creamy beer cheese has lively notes of citrus thanks to our addition of citra hops. An aromatic uh, American-grown flower is a key component in the best-selling Trogues Beer Perpetual IPA. Uh, that's why it's perpetual. Yeah, it's, not... it's like oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I look. I don't get to. I don't get to have Trogues, so. Uh, at York County Creamery, the cheesemakers run warm milk through sacks full of whole flour citra hops before pressing it into forms. That doesn't sound good at all. That's <laughs> you could just put that out there. It's not not an appealing sentence. No, but I do love cheese. So the yes. cheese then bathes in a brine of salt water and perpetual IPA. Hmm. All right, and a perpetual gosa. Hmm. I mean, just saying salt water. Yeah. 
That's true. Uh, Caputo's aging cave. The cheese gets a daily misting of perpetual. Wow. That's that's gotta be like just walking through going like you're watering plants. Oh, look at how this cheese is coming in. You can see the spores. At the same time, it would probably smell great in there. Right. Well, I don't know. You're you're mixing. You're mixing. You know, milk going bad mm. and uh, uh, well, beer. Yeah. It depends so, on the cheese, I suppose. I mean, yeah. some cheeses still smell fantastic and some are like, this is delicious. I'm not saying all cheese. Yeah, I'm not saying all cheese smells smells bad. I'm just saying that in that process, you are watching something decompose. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, bringing the beer's aroma to the rind and giving it a golden hue. Oh, I guess it's already got the the whatever at that point. So oh, there. okay. Uh, Perpetual is the best-selling IPA in Pennsylvania and uh, favorite to many beer drinkers, says John Trogner, uh, brewmaster and founder of Trogues, and founding brother of Trogues. Uh, what the team at Caputo has uh, did with cheese is just amazing. It's unapologetically beer cheese biting in to and tasting the unmistakable citra notes of Perpetual and making us as brewers really happy. Local dairies, local beer, local good says it all hmm. like i wonder what kind like how is this cheese could i like slice it put it on a sandwich yeah, it's probably just a block or whatever you know but it, it sounds good now like look if it, enough of that cheese it's gonna be a block well right and <laughs> <laughs> never poop again but it's delicious <laughs> mm. uh, you know you know what? Delicious is not the right way to go for this I was, next one. I was going to say, how, are, you, are you really going to go there? It's delicious I, for me, maybe, depending on the brand, etc. Uh, uh, hard seltzers is the uh, agonizing thing that Bob is trying to segue into. <laughs> uh, I just can't do it. I can't drink them. Can't, yeah. can't talk about them. Brittany, get, take this off my hands. <laughs> yeah, the hard seltzer segment is on pace to capture 10% of the beer category dollar sales by this summer. I uh, thought you meant this segment of the show, not... <laughs> I mean, uh, last week, hard seltzer segment's share of beer category dollar sales reached 8.8%, according to market research firm Nielsen, who apparently rates everything. Uh, and there are no signs that the segment is slowing down. In fact, uh the estimate is that hard seltzer could reach 10% of beer category dollars as early as next month. No but sign. We... There's no sign it's slowing. Half the country is locked inside or just starting to come outside. All the more reason to have hard seltzer. <laughs> I mean, they're just, you know, they need that that extra stuff. Uh, for the week ending May 2nd. Sorry. I was say need to get drunk, but not put on too much of that COVID-19. Truth. <laughs> Uh, uh, for the week ending May 2nd, the segment increased dollar sales 362% over the same one-week period in 2019. Uh, I'll be so glad when this fad is over. Uh, I I don't even know if I can predict it anymore at this point. Uh, like, if, if it will ever be over, you know? It'll still be a thing, but I, I think it's... I just wonder if it's... It, like. Does it, I don't think of it having much stronger legs than like hard root beers and hard sodas that lasted a good minute though it did but yeah no i i, I really can't tell anymore um 
But yeah, uh, the segment's meteoric growth <laughs> accounted for nearly a third of the beer category's growth that week, with category leader White Claw alone contributing 18% of the total dollar growth. Of course. Uh, White Claw maker Ant- Mark Anthony's plans for two new production facilities to increase production uh, sorry, facilities to increase production appear to be moving forward quickly as the company posted a job opening for a lead brewer at its planned facility in Newark, New Jersey, signifying that the project could be close to coming online after being announced last fall. White Claw and Boston Beer Company's truly hard seltzer continue to dominate the market, holding more than 70 share of the segment. I think that's supposed to be a percentage. Uh, AB InBev's Bud Light Seltzer, which launched in the first quarter of 2020, is now in a distant third. Yeah. <laughs> I was was trying real hard to try to remember even one Mark Anthony song. <laughs> and No, I got nothing. I got I, I searched Google and I'm looking at these going like, I don't know any of these. I mean, it's probably for the best. Um, <laughs> Uh, Truly and White Claw certainly established themselves as the two leaders in the category. ABI had some initial success with Bud Light, but the share peaked in February. Basically, it seems like they got a lot uh, of trial on the Super Bowl, but then in the last few months, their share has been down. Boston Beer reformulated Truly, apparently, last fall, uh, which probably helped the whole selling and the brand and everything. Uh, with the biggest players commanding most of the attention, it can be difficult for newer brands to break through, although many are trying, as we've seen. <laughs> we were When we were looking up stories, uh, there is, it's an absurd number of places that are now like, oh, and now they're, here's their hard seltzer. Um, oh, yeah. yeah it's, that's, it's insane. Uh, I will say, though, like, I, the Bud Bud Light Hard Seltzer or Bud Light Seltzer is a terrible name, mm-hmm. and all it makes me think of is that they put some seltzer water through a Bud Light. Yeah, like that. I haven't had it myself. I can't say like, but like, it doesn't sound appealing. So I don't know it why. Really doesn't. It, it's the, it's really bad branding. Like everybody else kind of broke away and just. Here's this own this own entity, this own brand. Bud Light's like anyway. Here, <laughs> this is White I mean, cl- White Claw. I don't. It doesn't sound like anything good or bad. But yeah. truly, actually, sounds like oh, may- maybe I would like to have one of those. And their I, I feel like their their can design is is on point with that too. Um, it looks very much of the genre. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, like you can picture who it is who's drinking that beverage when you see the can. Um, but yeah, uh, so it talks about some of the other other uh, numbers here. The three largest hard seltzers uh, adhere to the 100 calorie, 5% ABV standards that drinkers have grown accustomed to over the last two years. Uh, but new introductions such as the White Claw 70, which 3.7% ABV and only 70 calories. Uh, and AB's new Social Club Seltzer, still a bad name, uh, 7% ABV and 150 calories. <laughs> so just other end of the spectrum there. Um, so, uh, and they've got like another, a picture of one that I've never even seen before. Um, is it the... That's, that's the country... Wach- Wachusett? Yeah. Oh, oh, that one down there. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I, I think it's the correct Wachusett Brewing Company. 
maker of early hard seltzer entrant uh, Naudi Hard Seltzer, launched Country Hard Seltzer this month. The new product is Seltzer Lemonade, born from the Naudi Line's Blueberry Lemonade offering that rolled out in 2017. That sounds delicious, actually. Um, blueberry I Lemonade do, is just good. I do like lemonade. <laughs> it, you, you get me at the lemonade because it makes me think of Twisted Tea, like their, their Arnold Palmer thing, which is like mm-hmm. just freaking tasty. Sweet, but very tasty. Uh, well, okay. Isn't lemonade like in Europe, like bubbly? Uh, I have no idea. I, I, I think it, it is because be. I think it's one of those things that, like, you know, they get here. It's like, you know, <laughs> why is your water not bubbles? Why is your water and your lemonade still here? We bubbles go into soda, the sugary drinks that we shouldn't be drinking. Uh, I know I, I would take carbonated lemonade like any day of the week. That's fine. Um, but yeah, so basically it just, it goes into a lot more of these uh, kind of, I want to say up and comer brands, even if they've been out for a minute, like they're still trying, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's enough that people are like, I'm sorry, who was it again? You know, the, uh, the market, so, I don't think is big enough to support a whole lot of them, but everyone's yeah. trying to get in to, to get there. But if, you know, Boston beer came in at just the right time to be number two. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I don't see anyone. I don't know. I, I just don't see. Until they, they get more, more numbers. I just don't see there's going to be enough to sustain a whole sub industry of all this. So, uh, you know, I'm also a moron. So maybe <laughs> I'm wrong. Well, and maybe because you you're you're not about the hard seltzer, you're not about seltzer like generally. But no. um, I I've had I think one or two flavors of hard seltzer I actually kind of liked, and they were white claws. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, like I actually didn't like the the truly, but I to me I'd rather just have either seltzer water or. I don't know, literally anything else. Like, I, I guess I'm, to me, I'm just like, it seems like you're trying to have a refreshment, like something to actually be thirst quenching, but then it's got alcohol in it. And I'm just like, I don't understand. But, th- hey, but then look, I'm... beer, beer quenches many of my thirsts. <laughs> Fair. And some beers, you know, do kind of hit that mark. But um, then I guess like the hard seltzer lemonade one would make a lot of sense when you think about it. Yeah, I think. I think part of my problem is I expect more sweetness when there are, when there are bubbles. Yeah. Like when there's like a real, real carbonation, that's not beer. Yeah. So that makes total sense. And then, and some of them, and I think that's where you differ on, well, okay. There are some seltzer, like regular seltzer water brands that do the sweet thing. Um, Like what's the one Spindrift. They have, um, I thought you were going to say the spin doctors and I was like, they have a hard seltzer. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it's like, we're not surprised by anything anymore. Two, uh, <laughs> two seltzers pretty... sit there before you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, that, that company, they, so the hard seltzer, or hard seltzer, the right, the seltzer water, <laughs> it does have sweetness to it, but it's like, uh, like kind of fruit juice sweetness. Like it's, it's essentially if you made, like a, a seltzer water out of like soda stream only with, you know, really sweet, I guess. I don't know. So it's not an added flavor situation, but for the most part, yeah, it's, it, there's no, 
no sugar, but the hard seltzers add sugar. Like they have the calories and other things for a reason. So it's, Ooh. yeah, it's, it's tricky. Yeah. Um, no. And I was just saying that like, if we're going to be doing like a lemonade, that, that at least gets some other flavors in there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I remember being younger and drinking like just carbonated water. Just, I was like, this, this terrible. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, why would you do this to yourself? <laughs> yeah. You, I would go out and I would try to get, I'd order something else to replace it immediately. Now I'd have to order it and have it sent to me at home. Thankfully I'm of the legal drinking age. Mm. Unlike some Californians. Oh, because the California ABC investigation finds delivery apps are allowing minors to order alcohol. I was born too born too soon. Could have yeah. been could have been underage drink. Well, <laughs> so there's no winning with that. <laughs> well, the investigation of the California uh, Department of Alcohol Beverage Control, the ABC, found that a found that third party uh, delivery services are routinely delivering alcoholic beverages to minors. Look, Uber Eats doesn't care what your what your thing is. Plus, right now they're just leaving stuff at your doorstep, mm. so they're not even getting in. Like they're like, oh, here you go, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. So that's real easy for a minor to get some. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, the uh, an industry advisory posted uh, by this regulatory agency, which was then also reported by the Washington Post, The Verge, and now Brewbound, and now us. Hmm. Uh, the ABC writes. Most concerning is that minors are routinely able to purchase alcohol through delivery from restaurants. We have there are instances in which the licensees, uh, employees, sorry, licensees in which uh, the licensees own employees have done so, but a far greater rate has been evident on third-party delivery services. Licensees are responsible for these unlawful deliveries. The department encourages the licensees to review practices of these services and their reliance on them. It's like, yeah, they're responsible for them your your food delivery places are not mm, yeah like god that really gets things so much more complicated no no you know no skin off there and i was like oh whatever i don't care just i'm getting my tip one way or the other uh well, the abc has uh uh ABC has added that it has found that employees of third-party delivery services are largely ignoring guidelines set up to prevent the sale of alcohol to minors. Uh, in the advisory, the ABC remind, reminded uh, licensees that they are ultimately responsible for the deliveries of alcoholic beverages away from the premises, even if those deliveries are made on their behalf by third-party services and are subject to arrest and criminal prosecution. Jeez. Uh, this is no matter... Uh, this is so no matter what assurances delivery service may have provided to the licensee. Hmm. <sighs> like that's just terrible for them. Uh, yeah. But they said they have uh, the investigation included ordering about 200 alcoholic beverages over several weekends uh, in bars and restaurants. The ABC found a quarter of the bars and restaurants delivered to the ABC's decoys uh, who were uh, under the legal drinking age. While a failure rate was much higher for delivery apps about 80%. Wow. So, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty rough. Uh, 
And I, I, when I when they started saying like they'd be doing deliveries, I was like, but they can't be doing alcohol because I used yeah. I, when I was bartending, someone would say, "Hey, we're doing like, can I get like a margarita to go?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not going to put a margarita with a straw into your car so yeah. you can drive down the road and drink." That's that's one level of this, you know. Don't have to worry about drunk driving right now as much, but you have to worry about, you know, like you were saying earlier, leaving stuff at the doorstep. They don't have to, you know, for their own protection, they prefer not to really see anyone within six feet of them. And yeah, there's no sign that not. if the kid picks it up, it's not the parent just saying, go get that for us. Yeah. It's such a gray land that, you know, like, like this whole thing has just caused so many like questions you never thought would be questions in, in this society, you know? Yeah, because beer delivery or, you know, alcohol delivery seemed like a thing that shouldn't, you know, would yeah, be like, easily when, to, when, to, when to would we ever do that. Yeah. <laughs> when times get tough. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So look, <sighs> if you have kids. Don't let them order from, you know, check what they're ordering. Mm. And don't maybe don't let them come to the door when the delivery happens. If you can, <laughs> if you do decide, hey, I'm going to I'm going to get some alcohol. Yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking, too, that would be kind of funny. It's like, yeah, just go ahead and order yourself, whatever. I'm, I got to go do a thing. And like yeah. Yeah, they're, you know, at work or whatever. And they're coming home and they're like, huh. Why are all these empty bottles of Tavarsky everywhere? <laughs> I don't think they're going to be selling that on there, but I, who knows? <laughs> Maybe people are just leaving the Dabars the Dabarski at their doorstep. Yeah, another time uh, that the kids shouldn't come to the door to get booze is when it's dropped off by the beer fairies. Turns out, um, <gasps> they're real. I told you. <laughs> yes. Are they like Smurfs? God. Uh, so this is in South Jersey. Man, now I want drunky Smurf, Alky Smurf. You know, that they, they had one of those. It just wasn't official. Uh, Probably in I'm the comments. I'm trying to think of like who. Yeah, yeah. Um, more than 3,300 3, people have joined a private Facebook group that facilitates alcohol gift exchanges between strangers. That sentence by itself, <laughs> or like that half of the sentence, doesn't sound great. <laughs> um, members share their home address uh, and wait for mm. a surprise delivery from another member. Mm. Yeah, it's called being beard. No, uh, I'm pretty sure being a beard is a different thing. <laughs> uh, afterward, the lucky recipient must return the favor to someone else. So far, there have been hundreds of drop-offs. Said you the mean, group. You mean they're telling you to drink it forward? Where? Why didn't they put that in there? What are they? <laughs> what are they doing? Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. that silence there we go oh i crossed a line i went no, too I'm deep just... into pun land <laughs> no i'm just like why isn't this in there somewhere i don't understand uh so there have been hundreds of drop-offs so far uh this is from the group's creator who's only 25 years old uh people have shared more than 1,000 photos of goodies they've gifted or found at their front door usually booze and snacks packaged in a colorful bag or basket that's too much work. I would just, <laughs> they would just come in the liquor barn plastic baggie that I would have and just go, there you go. And then just it, leave. It is cute. They have like a little picture here. Of someone's like, oh, you've been beard. Enjoy. And it has like a little, a tiny little thing of like the, the fun size 
candy and like a can of beer. This this service is basically just saying, please be Casey. <laughs> or smoke sometimes. Or sp- uh yeah. It it all started May 5th when um the creator, Taylor, got the idea from a similar wine-themed group in the area. The concept has taken off in other parts of the country too, from Maryland to Ohio. Taylor set up her own private group uh, called Sisterhood of the Traveling Booze. Okay, I want to be job. mad. I want to be mad at that, but that's a good job. No. <laughs> All right. Well done. That's fair. Uh, she just invited four of her close friends initially uh, and then made the first delivery. And then they her- told four friends and they told four friends. And that's like six friends right there. <laughs> uh, her fiance drove her to a friend's home in Audubon Park, where she placed a six pack of yingling on the porch and bolted. Taylor's partner again and getaway driver was waiting on the street for Taylor to jump back into their car. Um, <laughs> and then two 14 year old children walked out and went, she's at the cops and took the stuff inside. Jeez. Uh, since she called me and said, uh, I think I just got beard already. So uh, <laughs> there are only four rules for joining. Uh, no men or anyone underage. What? You, you must be from South Jersey. And no drama. They prefer people be invited by friends already in the group. Uh, photos of eight New Jersey counties were posted, and members shared their addresses underneath the county they lived in. That way, others can find people uh, nearby to gift. Is it is it no men because we're terrible we're terrible humans and we do awful things? I guess. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, like. Yeah. Like, I was I was I was I was indignant. My, I don't know. And then uh, then I then I thought about it. Then I went, oh, yeah, because it could get creepy and weird. And, and that's what I'm yeah. saying. Uh, we yeah. we deserve this shunning. I get it. Uh, Lindsay McKinney, a moderator who's active in the group, said she and three others parse through the nearly 100 requests to join that pour in each day to make sure they are women above 21 years old from the southern part of the state. At least yeah, they're like but, looking like, at it, you know. They they got to look close. Yeah. My my like 12-year-old cousins are on Facebook and it says they're 45. Yeah, but I mean if they're parsing through it, I mean and it's, and it's a group. It's like a specific thing like Yeah, yeah. I, theoretically, it, I don't know, people are done. I'm them. I'm just saying if I was a 12-year-old girl, I <laughs> Right, right. I could have gotten pictures of anyone and just Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'd like I'd like to hope that this is not, you know, nefarious. I would have been way. making those profiles like months in advance. <laughs> and like just just hope yeah, like I'll, I'll, look, it's fine. I'll have I'll have these burner profiles I can use for something. <laughs> uh uh there've been underage people trying to join, they said. Uh but had it to be denied. If there's any suspicions, we won't approve them. We'll usually message them and ask for some sort of uh, proof just to be sure. Ah, okay. Clever girls. <laughs> um, McKinney lost her job as a warehouse worker last month and has been taking care of her three-year-old twin boys since then. Ooh. Taylor was also laid off um, after the company she worked for, which leased copiers to businesses and schools, saw a sharp drop in new contracts following the COVID-19 closures. Along with photos, some share the difficult situation they're in amid the virus. Uh, the page is dotted with personal stories, a bartender who lost her job, moms juggling childcare and work, and even those grieving unexpected deaths. Mm. Man, so, 
okay this is this is just getting more and more like i'm like no this is a good thing good for them <laughs> yeah i look i wasn't saying it was a bad thing no i know i know i'm just saying like you know because at first i was like that's a little yeah. weird like really specific like but then yeah, as it goes on you're kind of like oh, good on you yeah uh, members have been targeting deliveries to people in need from the recently unemployed and single moms to those who lost loved ones during the to, to the coronavirus. Uh, Taylor said she asked first responders to share the addresses so people can give thanks to essential workers on the front lines fighting the pandemic. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know, the group is also called Sisterhood. I can also understand why there's no men. True, true. Which I, I'm still just like, you know what? That's the name is great. Like, what do you? They won. They just won. <laughs> they did. I want to steal the idea, but then I also don't want to leave my house. So <laughs> that's that's a whole other separate thing. It's, it's like, it has nothing to do with COVID. It has everything to do with me being just lazy. Like I just don't want to. Just don't want to go. Uh, yeah. Well. Um. So for once, we didn't end on a weird note. Um. Entirely. <laughs> <It was> just. <laughs> I mean, I can I can take us there. Give me like two seconds. I can. Get... <laughs> All right, all right, fine. We'll just we'll just we'll just go on. It's fine. Um, so we'd like to remind everyone that this is our news only show, but we also do a weekly long form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to either patreon.com slash have a drink show or have a drink store.com, uh, which you can also support us by purchasing some stuff like uh phone cases and hats and t-shirts and such. Um so, we will see you again in another couple of weeks for the next live episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. And I'm Justin Frazier. And that's all there is. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>